Hello and welcome to our Reader's Book Corner, the podcast that showcases indie books and the talented artists who write them. I'm your host, Teresa Beasley, a thriller author and founder of A Reader's Book Corner, the blog and podcast of the same name. In today's episode, visiting with us is contemporary fiction author Desiree M. Adams. Desiree is a Christian Afro-Latino artist. She has always had a passion for art, culture, life, expression, and creativity, which shows in her books. Thanks for being here, Desiree, and welcome to A Reader's Book Corner. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Now, for listeners who may not have heard about you or your books, can you share a little bit about what led you to writing? Sure. Um, Well, I've always enjoyed writing since elementary school. I've always loved the arts in general. So I think expression is a gift and being able to relate through creativity is so important. So it sort of unifies us, expressions and the arts. So I love the ability to be expressive, communicate, and create different stories. Um, and then hopefully the characters that resonate with people, but I've lo- always loved storytelling. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about um, the book I read, Then She Lived Even After. What inspired you to write that book? People, women. Um, I know so many women who've been through so many different types of trials and trauma in their lives. So I know, like I've also been through some serious situations that shaped me and I wanted people to feel encouraged. I wanted people, but women especially, to feel seen and know that what happens to us isn't all we are. I wanted to show that there's always a glimmer of hope, you know, like even through the most horrific situations. And I I just think it's important to know that everyone has gone through something. Um, you know, later on in the book, you don't really know who's been through what or the ladies yeah. don't, you know. And I think sometimes I think sometimes we can look at others and think they're just so close to perfect and have everything together. And I wanted this particular novel um, to challenge that. I wanted it to challenge the way we look at others as well as ourselves. It's like, oh, OK, well, if they can go through that then I can go through, you know, I can get through this that I'm going through. And um, I don't know, it's like what we learn in group therapies and Bible studies, you know, when people share their testimonies. Yeah. And I wanted a story and I hope the story, although it's filled with a lot of darkness, um, hopefully to bring a little bit of hope and light. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now, you have two other titles, I believe, Coming to Myself and Iced Tea with Lemons. Now, are those romance or coming of age books? I think they're a little bit of both. Um, Coming to Myself was my first one. It um, it took a long time for me to write that on and off. Um, But it's definitely a coming of age where you have, um, where you walk through Isabel through her journey in like different parts of her life. She actually Mm -hmm. does experience romantic relationships, um, but and a beautiful romance, really. But there's, once again, there's also hurt and pain because that's real life. Um, And I think it's just about learning herself through those experiences. Um, I think it's important that sometimes what we've been through, when you, I wanted them to see through that particular book that it, it can impact how we handle situations. Right. So, um, you know, we sort of have to choose the lens we view life through. So I tried to show her transformation. So that's why I say it's a little bit of both, um, like from the beginning of the book to the mature woman she is afterwards. Um, so it's not really a fairy tale romance ending, but it is a positive ending, I think. So that's that one. And then Ice Tea with Lemon, that was my last novel. It's sort of a love letter. I wanted it to be like a love letter to people not sure about everything and to single moms and just single women. Um, so I wanted it to be filled with like 
people and situations that people could relate to, but it's like also some hope and faith too. The main character, <laughs> she has a desire for romance, you know, but, and she wants connections and, you know, she's hitting 30 and all those things that go with it and all the pressures, um, you know, and she, she wants to get married and she knows what she wants in a relationship. You know, she's been faithful to her standards. So when she finally finds a good man, but things don't go the way she plans, you know, it's just normal life stuff. And then she ends up being the single mom in her 30s and has to figure out what that looks like for her and her daughter. So she's experienced passion and love. But then I also throw in there how we go, we can go through depression, you know, and oh, I miss right. the woman I was before I had kids, you know. And um, so I try to touch on those invisible things people go through, the postpartum depression. And um, so that's why I say it's a little bit of both. Many, many of the characters in my books, like it's not necessarily what people might think of to be the ideal candidate to encourage others. Like they have a lot of baggage, but um, sometimes they're opposite of what you might think, oh, wait, that's okay, you know? Um, but I don't know. I just want people to feel no condemnation for the things they've done in life. And you can still experience love and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And I think understanding that changes everything. And I try to wrap that up in the stories. Right, right. That is so true. Um, now, as you touched on before, your books have some serious topics. Um, there's some sexual assault, abuse, racism, a little mix of everything. What made you approach such serious topics in your books? You kind of touched on it before. Yeah, I can. Um, well, all of the topics are things that people have to deal with daily. Um, but it's, I think it's how we handle the abuse, assault, racism, death, disappointments in life. It's what matters. I want it to approach the realness of it all with the understanding that even though we deal with all of it, there's still so much more we get to experience within us, around us, and life in general. Um, in a lot of, well, in all of the books, really, I wanted people to see that God can use anyone regardless of your past or your future sins. Um, right. And I think sometimes when people are free from that condemnation, it literally, like, free of shame and all of that. And it's like, oh, there's nothing, I, I still have the opportunity to live a good life. I think that... Um, that, that can make a difference, hopefully, for some people who are reading them. Yes, yes. I felt that when I was reading these, she, then she lived even after. So I want to delve just a little bit more into that book. Now, the young ladies okay. in this book, as you in the book, have some struggles. And I know how emotional it was when I was reading it. So I can imagine how it was with you writing it. Um, so how how did it affect your mindset going into writing that book? I had to go into it with the notion that there's hope after. Um, we as people can go through some horrible situations. Pain is real, right, but so is right. healing. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah. So I think I wanted people to feel for the ladies. I wanted them to have compassion. Um, so many times when we deal with others who have gone through things, we don't understand like the severity, the mental, physical, emotional. It can be hard, you know, to get. Um, to really get what they're going through. So I wanted people to definitely feel that intimately, right? Um, to experience right. that with them. Um, but I also wanted to show that good things can come later, even if it takes years. You know, one of the one of the characters, it took her some time to open up to people, but they have the feeling of moving forward. 
So my mindset was showing that goodness and grace are inevitable if we're open to it, even if it takes mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, because everyone, if you notice, all three of them did not have the same support system. No, um, they did not. <laughs> right. So no, they wanted, did not. <laughs> right. But I, I wanted people to feel hopeful as the story unfolded. Like hopefully by the time they got to the second name chapter, they could see how far along the journey the woman had come. Um, my mindset was how can their pain be a testimony for others who may also be in pain? So although it was very emotional creating some of the darker scenes, it was exciting creating the story of how they lived after, right? Like right. they had something to look forward to um, because I knew they did too. So I knew writing their story didn't end with their worst experience. Yeah, just delving into each character in the book, I as I was reading it, my heart was just like pounding because Sophie, Sophia's, her mom, I just was, was so, oh, it was a lot. It was a lot to take with her. And I just couldn't understand why she was, why she was acting and approaching her daughter that way, but then different with her sons. And some of the things that she was telling Sophie to do, Sophia to do, I was like, what are you thinking, lady? This is your daughter. Right, but, but then, you know, I- it was so frustrating reading her story, <laughs> and then also the young lady, the second story. Um, I believe it was not Sarah, but Shay, Shay's yes. story, and what she goes through with him grooming her. It was so, oh, so frustrating. I had to close the book a couple of times to say a little. <laughs> I was so emotional. I was like, okay, I have got to step away from this book because I just want to jump into these pages and just save her. (laughs) Right. I mean, but it's it's interesting because there's so many women going through stuff around us and we don't really know their past or what they've come from, you know? So I just uh, you would never think, you know, later on, she's in a totally different, people are in totally different careers, they're in totally situ- different mm-hmm. situations, and we hide it, right? We hide it so yes. well. We don't know that we have crazy parents or single parents or whatever, you know? Yes, and I was just like, why don't you tell your dad, Um, you know, tell your sister, tell somebody that he's doing these things or he's trying to get you to do these things. And he was just kind of manipulative with their and I know she didn't really understand that and what was going right. on, but oh, that just like broke my heart. It was so, I was like, Desiree, you got me upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, but the book was so good. And I love books that pull me into them where I'm feeling and I'm very emotional about what's going on in the story because then I'm really, really connected and invested in the characters which is why I wanted you to come on the podcast because of your character development, the development of your characters throughout the book. Like when you first start with them and their story at the beginning of their stories. And then as you go through the story with them and you get toward the end, I mean, you are on the roller coaster with your characters and they were so well developed that that's the reason why I wanted you to come on the podcast. Cause I wanted you to kind of share your process on how you created these characters Okay. Well, thank you. And I'm so grateful to be here. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Well, like I hinted previously, I just think that we meet so many different people and we have no idea what they've gone through. I love meeting people and learning their backstory. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to create characters that were relatable, but who were also as different as possible. Like their personalities were very different. 
Um, and so, you know, the way some of them met, like at the coffee shop later on, it seemed unlikely, but we see a totally, totally different side of them opening yes. up just a little bit. Right. And, and I, I think we see them being open to friendship and trust again after a while. So when I created their trauma, I tried to have their survival story in mind also. So um, I just think having the whole idea, like something like this, where they go through something so deep, it's like, okay, it can't end there, you know? Right. <laughs> what afterwards. So when it starts, it's like, okay, we know we're going to get through this together. Let's see how it goes. And I do like the way you kind of intertwine them and how they kind of all three end up meeting. I mm-hmm. like the way there was like a, a mixed with their stories oh, and they all kind of came around. Cause I was thinking as I was reading it, I was like, okay, do these women meet each other eventually or how is she, how are they going to meet each other? And then when I got to right. that part of the book, I was like, oh, this was a, this was a cool way to get them to intertwine. So I like the way you did that in the story. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, so did you know a little bit of their backstory before you started writing the book? Had you like wrote Not down? Not really. <laughs> so I, I use parts of like my life and people I've known, our stories to create um, like the trauma that they were going to go through. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily know how everything would unfold. That sort of happened as the story invo- evolved. Um, so like I sort of lent the backstories to the character also taking into consideration the supporting characters. I think right. the supporting characters in this story are as important as the main characters, um, because you could see how it impacts each woman's journey. Like the best mm-hmm. friend, David, he happens to be a male, even though she went through that trauma, you know, it's, yes. um, and then Angel, right? He sort of nudges her to God, even though he's, you know, what maybe some people don't agree with his life choices. You right, know? right. Um, so I just want it to be as inclusive of like we were talking before, you know, God can use anybody. We're yep. all in this together one way or another. Um, yes, and so it yes. sort of unfolded as the story unfolded. Yes. And I did like Angel because he was like, look, you, you got to figure out what you're doing. He was that type of friend that will be there, will support you, help you through what you're struggling with. But he mm-hmm. also is that friend that's like, okay, yeah, we you've been through this. Now, how are we going to work toward you moving past it to try to make a better life for yourself? He just didn't want Absolutely. her to stay stuck in her in that particular part of her story. So I like mm-hmm. the way Angel kind of handled the situation being her friend. And as well as David. I mean, he was a really good friend, too. Yeah. Yep. And so I just it's interesting because I, I want it on purpose, Angel, to also come from her past. So you yes. can see um, the readers can see how just because you come from the same place, your trajectory, you know, like, what do you do with what you're dealt type of situation? So I'm glad you liked him, too. Yes, yes, yes. I really liked his character as well. And I mean, all three of the women, Sarah, Sophia and Shay, they were so easy to investing but then there's also the the villains in these stories (laughs) so how did you go by developing the villains in each part of their stories because there's three different villains and each 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 woman handles their villains different right so how did you go by developing them and how did you know 
which villain was going to match up with which woman in their story. So I thought about um, the horrible things people have had to face. And then I thought about what victims go through, um, like embarrassment and shame. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't exactly sure who would match where. Um, It just, it really just depended on, I sort of took into consideration their family dynamic as well. Um, I think one of the things, like the last thing I read, something like every 68 seconds here in America, someone's sexually assaulted, right? Yes. And while... While each character had a different type of villain, it was still really traumatic. Sarah, for instance, like she only dealt with hers the one time, but the impact changed the trajectory of her whole life, right? Yes, yes. And then Shay's villain was particularly challenging because I know so many women, young women specifically too, who've had those men we trust or from the church or family friends or, you know, end up being monsters. And again, my goal was relatability. And um, just to see that unfold as an outsider looking in, you're like, she doesn't understand what's going on. She's so to herself, you know? So I, I, um, I sort of wanted it to be sort of compassion. If we come across those type of women in our life, or maybe somebody's reading who's been through that situation. Um, And then for Sophia, there were technically many villains, um, but then it's sort of like the villain we often don't speak about. I think is the internal one, the shame and the negative emotions that come through living through these type of traumas. So I sort of wanted to make sure I address that too. It's the internal battle we also face and we go through sometimes, um, the doubt and the not feeling good enough. And I wanted to address that and then attack that villain in a different way for each character too, because our emotions sometimes can also work against us. So that is true. Emotions can hinder us in some ways when we're working through something. And I did um Sarah in Sarah's story. Mm-hmm. Her her villains, actually she had two villains because it was the guy that actually at the party that sexually assaulted her, but it was also the guy that stood there. Yes. And watched. And I was like, what are you doing? She's asking you to help her and you're just standing there. And then he walks off and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. I, I, and that part, it ticked me off so much that I had to stop reading. I looked at my husband. I was like, you're never going to believe this. And he's like, honey, I don't know. Who you're. <laughs> he was like, honey, I don't oh. know what you're talking about. I was like, it's these guys in this yeah. book and what they're doing. So I'm telling yeah. him the book and he was like, okay, now I understand why you're so upset. But I was talking to him like he had already read the book and he already knew the guys that I was talking about. He's like, honey, I don't know who you're talking about. So he was like, yeah, you got to calm down. It's a book. I'm like, but I'm just so hot right now because <laughs> mm-hmm. he just watched and he didn't even help her. He wouldn't say anything. But yep. It's the, they're just, I'm in my, didn't say anything. And I feel like sometimes like, like say something, you know, like you're just as you're right. You're just you're just as as guilty and as the person who did it. Yeah. Yeah. How and I mean, yeah. even today, how many people actually do that? They see something happen and they just keep going because either they, they're too scared to get involved or they don't want to get involved or they just don't care that it's happening. And they just keep going and don't say anything Absolutely. or don't try to help the people. That happens every day now. <laughs> All the time. Yep. 
Uh, and I or, want people to, to realize it, you know? Yes, yes. Or either people see it happening, but then they just want to video record it just so they can have their likes and things on their social media, which is still not helping the person. You still didn't intervene Absolutely not. when things were going on. So, yeah. I mean, and and so the, each person's story in this book was something that happened, like you said, happens every day, but the emotions are totally different in how the characters go through it, which I just thought it was such a well-written book. And I just like really enjoyed it. I mean, I read it in one setting because I was just so enthralled in what was going on. Were they going to be okay at the end? Um, how were they going to meet each other? Because I'm sh I was reading at the, the, the back cover of the book. I was like, okay, so they do meet each other at some point in the book. So when are they going to meet each other? Are they going to be supporting each other? So it was just, it was just a really fantastic book, Desiree. I'm sorry. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry so to be much fangirling you. over it, but. <laughs> no, it means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I just want more people to read it and I don't want to give too much away with how they do meet. So um, I don't want to go into that because I want listeners to read the book. But now what within the characters, which characters did you feel were more challenging to write or were the hardest to write? Well, um, I think the scenes where the abuse was happening were the most difficult. I want it to be, um, like I said, I wanted the reader to feel like they were a part of it. That's why in your podcast, when you mentioned how Buck was grooming Shay, I thought that was fantastic verbiage, right? Because yeah. Yeah. often young women are led to feel and it happens to young men too, but we're just speaking about women here, but young women are led to feel this humiliation for being in a situation when in fact, it's not entirely our fault, their fault, you know? Um, so like with Sophia, although her mom was a bit much, um, she had a bit of a past. She was the way she was for a reason. So I, I didn't necessarily want to justify her actions, but knowing that you can understand or at least empathize, even though her behavior was still not acceptable, why she was the way she was after her heartbreak and she's raising kids alone and she doesn't, you know, has all these men in and out and stress, loneliness, heartbreak, all those things can lead anyone to seeking comfort, validation, mm -hmm. and what we think may be love from toxic people in situations. And she just, you know, she just didn't know what to do with her kids. And she thought that, you know, giving Sophia this horrible advice would, you know, be beneficial to her. Um, but I think that, I think it, the, the, the abuse scenes overall were a little bit much. Um, but at the end of it, I just kept trying to put in there what happens to us doesn't define us, you know, yes, like, just yeah. trying to keep doing that thread because yeah. writing the characters in a way, I wanted to write them in a way where you could understand the different aspect of their personalities that were really challenging. But at the end of it all, like, okay, at the end of all this trauma and these detailed accounts, there's still hope. So the, the right. parts were really hard, right? right? But right. It, that's how I ended up writing it. Yeah. And, and I did get that from the book. So um, can you share a tip for writers wanting to write compelling characters? I would say um, one of the things that I try to do is make yourself the character you're creating so you can see things and feel things like they would. Um, and then I would write it all down. 
always want to answer any questions the reader may have about the character and how they are feeling. So I suppose um, another tip would be to answer the questions the reader may have so each character can feel complete. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, good tip. Good tip. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> um, so are you working on any new projects for 2024? Well, I have started another book. I'm not sure when it will be completed. If not this year, then hopefully 2025. Um, I do, I do have a passion for writing, so I, pl I do plan to continue. It's just a matter of when. When? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like with all of us here. When are we going to get to this? Right. Because books take time to write. I don't think people understand that, but they take time to write, you know. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so now before we wrap up, can you tell listeners where they can find you and your books? Um, I'm self-published through KDP. So the paperback and the ebook on all are all available on Amazon and Kindle. Wonderful. And could you share your social handles with this? Sure. Um, for the Instagram, it's just at Desiree M. Adams. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Follow me. Thank you. And um, the books are all available on Amazon. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I want to thank you, Desiree, for joining me today. And thank you listeners for tuning in. And remember, if you would like to suggest the indie book or Arthur for the podcast, feel free to contact me at ArthurTABeasley at gmail.com or via the contact form on the blog, arbookcorner.wordpress.com. And I will put all the information in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode so others can find this. You can also connect with the Reader's Book Corner on Instagram and Facebook at A Readers BC. Until next time, happy reading. Mm -hmm.